your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to this Tuesday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. We have so much to get into today. Before I do get to being the Joker with this Mark andre Fleury stuff, um, I do have to say this is honestly one of my favorite times of the NHL offseason, or just honestly the season as a whole. I've been calling it silly season for the last couple weeks. We really have been getting that with the trades and the signings or the rumored stuff that we have been seeing for the last couple weeks. Um, And it's only going to continue to get better tomorrow, so stay tuned with me and this podcast. You will not want to miss so much Penguins coverage because this team, I think, will be busy over these next couple of days. But okay, let's get right into it. I'm not going to waste all of your time. Uh, talking about Marc-Andre Fleury. So in case anyone is living under a rock, uh, Fleury was traded from the Vegas Golden Knights to the Chicago Blackhawks for a B or C level prospect who probably is not going to make the team um, in Vegas. Um, all of Fleury's $7 million cap hit is off the books. Um, they basically got nothing in return, but they kind of got some cap space because I'm sure they're going to try to go after Jack Eichel, uh, make a run at him and get their number one center that they have, they have, they have desperately needed. Um, if they can put him with Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, I mean, that would just be basically not fair. And oh, they have to also create cap room to sign Alec Martinez because it sounds like that contract is coming um, to a head. I think they're going to be signing him. To a, it's like, I think it's a four-year term for what was reported. But anyways... Um, I am going to say it now. I understand I have been very against the idea of Marc-Andre Fleury going back to Pittsburgh. I am here to tell you that I am the Joker and that I'm going to sound like a hypocrite, but I think it is time for the Penguins to bring him back. Yeah, there it is. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll talk again tomorrow. Okay, I'm just messing around. But um, I, I, again, I don't care if I sound like the biggest hypocrite in the world. Um, it is time to bring him back. He is such a big upgrade over Tristan Jari, and it actually finally makes sense now. You saw the reports from Elliot Freeman and Bob McKenzie today. There are rumblings that Flurry is considering retirement because he does not want to play with the Chicago Blackhawks. Rob Rossi also touched on it with his piece with Mark Lazarus of the uh, Blackhawks, the beat of the Athletic. Um, they both reported that Flurry does not intend to play for the Blackhawks. So um, Chicago really has no leverage here. I mean, is Flurry just going to retire or, you know, he can force his way to Pittsburgh? I don't think Pittsburgh's going to have to give up a lot to get him. And I'm sure Stan Bowman would gladly, and I mean gladly, eat half of his salary. And then Pittsburgh is only paying at most $3.5 million for next season. And just get the band back together one more time. I mean, screw it. I mean, literally, who cares? They're not going to be the biggest Stanley Cup contender going into next season. But to see Sid, Gino, Latang, and Flurry all on the ice together for one more season before one of them, I think, retires after next season, I don't even know if the Penguins would bother extending Marc-Andre Flurry. Just inject that into my veins. And it just... It also makes sense because of how great Flurry was um, this past season. I, you know, he led the league in goals saved above expected last season with 19.2. Um, he also won the Vesna Trophy over Andre Vasilevsky. 
I mean, he, he definitely dipped a little bit last season, and you probably can't expect him to lead the league again in goal save above expected, but I, I'm pretty sure that you can bet on him to be a lot better than Tristan Jari was this season for Pittsburgh, especially in the playoffs. I don't think you're going to see him cough up another playoff series for the Penguins like he did in years past against the Flyers and the Canadians. Um and I'm trying to, well, almost the Islanders. I almost forgot that one. They're lucky they had Tomas Okun in there to come in and help. Um, sure, the dynamic would be a bit weird if they do decide to keep Jari because, you know, you have the franchise icon coming back to take the guy who's a lot younger to just basically take his job. But, you know, you deal with that when you can. But this is really the first time, I think, for as long as people have been saying this, you know, to bring Flurry back to Pittsburgh, where, you know, I, I made the comparison um, on Doug Glackey's show with the forecheck. It's basically like, you know, the ex you can't get over, that you want them back into your life. This is basically Mark Andre Flurry coming back to Pittsburgh. And again, it just it fills a need and gets them closer to potentially winning a fourth Stanley Cup in the Sid and Gino era. I mean, you know, sure, again, they're not going to be the biggest contender next season, but uh, like I just said five seconds ago, they're a lot closer to winning the Cup with Flory as your starting goaltender over someone such as a Tristan Jari. What could a trade look like if they try to negotiate it? I could honestly see Pittsburgh, I mean, obviously they're going to ask Chicago to eat half his salary, but I also could see Pittsburgh sending over a contract to save even more cap space, hint, hint, Marcus Pedersen, potentially $4 million right there. You have Jason Zucker's $5.5 million that could come off the cap. Uh, Mike Matheson, if, if Stan Bowman is stupid enough to do that. I mean, he's not that smart of a GM anyway. He just gave Seth Jones $9.5 million per. But, you know, Chicago, I think, also needs more defense. If they want to put Pedersen with Caleb Jones on the third pairing, I think that would totally be fine because, of course, they just got Caleb Jones in the trade with Duncan Keith for Edmonton. But that is, I think, something that makes a lot of sense for both sides. And again, you know, it, it didn't make sense in 2017 to keep Flurry over Murray. You always go with the younger option. I will always die on that hill. It didn't make sense last year because if they would have gotten Flurry, they would have been in a world of cap hell even before they bought out Jack Johnson. But now this year, with Pittsburgh having over 7 million in cap space, even though they have not signed Aston Reese yet, you know, with that, they'll still have over five, close to six. They can absorb half of Flurry's cap hit and still go out into free agency and make another big move, like signing Brandon Sodder, signing Tomas Tatar, or signing another player in free agency that could come in at a cheaper cost than originally thought of. And then, boom, the team is much better going into next season. And, oh yeah, everyone, this would also be great for the marketing because do you know how many jerseys this would sell for the fan base? I think he would be the number one jersey-selling player for the team next season, way higher than Sid, Gino, Latang, whatever other player that's on the team. So it finally makes sense. The Penguins should be all over this. And me and Doug Glackey were actually talking about this on his show today as well. He made a great point to me. The Penguins should honestly try and do a three-way trade with the Blackhawks. So where they can eat a portion of his salary, they can also, the Blackhawks could first send him to another team eat some of that salary and then send him to Pittsburgh and then Pittsburgh is only eating what potentially half of that three and a half million which is like what 1.75 million for one season and then we're really talking and then you can add potentially a lot more in free agency still dump some salary along the way 
and then boom. I mean, again, that, that would just be the best case scenario with getting Flurry. I'm not sure it's going to happen. I mean, they would have they would have had to be a three-way deal last year, um, according to Elliot Freeman, to make the money work. It was supposed to be, I, I think, go through Los Angeles or Anaheim, and then Bill Foley mixed it. So this is something the Penguins should be all over. Again, I know I sound like the biggest hypocrite in the world and that I totally am turning into the Joker right now, but the Penguins should be all over this, and I think he's a better goalie than anyone you could sign on the open market or trade for. That's not John Gibson. You would have to give up the farm for Gibson anyway, um, giving up basically nothing to get Flurry, who only has one more year left on his deal for at most three and a half million, who's also coming off winning the Vesna last season and leading the league in goals saved above expected. It's a no-brainer for me. Sure, it's a bit weird with Tristan Jari probably losing his job. I don't really give a damn. It gets them closer to winning the cup. That is what matters. And now it finally makes sense to have the big reunion that everyone has wanted for the last four years. And you know what? I'll say it. I haven't been the biggest Marc-Andre Fleury supporter over the years. I love him as a player, but I think some Yinzers take it to the extreme with him. But, you know, to see what happened to him today really shook me a little bit. I kind of just was really upset when I saw that Flurry found out about the trade via Twitter. That just basically confirmed to all of us that he has a burner account somewhere. But, I mean, it was just really crappy for all involved. And, again, they basically got nothing in return for someone who just won the Vesna and for someone who all of the fans absolutely adored in Vegas. And, again, I feel so bad for him, too, because he's going to have to uproot his family again. His heart was in Vegas. He doesn't want to play in Chicago, but I think, again, if there's one team he wants to play for that he's probably comfortable moving his family back to, um, it's Pittsburgh and no one else. I really don't think he wants to go anywhere other than the Penguins, and I'm sure Sid and Gino and everyone else in the Penguins organization would welcome him back with open arms just because of how much they loved him over the years. So those are my thoughts on the entire Marc-Andre Fleury situation. Again, just get this done yesterday. And then we can get on with the rest of our lives for the rest of the offseason, which I'm sure is going to be really interesting for the Penguins. I'm going to have much more on that topic coming up in the next segment because Rob Rossi and Josh Haley dropped a very juicy article on The Athletic today, which I'm going to go over in detail because it sounds like they've had a lot of talks uh, regarding certain players, either on the free agent market or on the trade market. But before we do get to that, we do have to touch on Rock Auto. Why should you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? You can save time and so much more money when using Rock Auto. It's also a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices on the website are always reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You can go explore their easy-to-use website today to find this solution to your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and you can write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection right below prices all the parts car will ever need that is rockauto.com all right welcome back to this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm your host hunter hodes murder follow me on twitter at hunter hodes follow the show's twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So um, the, the content never stops when it comes to Penguins and offseason stuff. I'm trying to load up this article for you all right now. Just give me a second here. There was just a ton um, of juicy info in that Rossi and Yoey article. I just have so many tweets on my timeline with going to Marc-Andre Fleury. But um, 
here goes. So, um, according to Rossi and Yoey, they've had talks with these teams, the Arizona Coyotes, the Anaheim Ducks, the Calgary Flames, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, the bottom one was Marc-Andre Fleury before he got traded. You know, it was actually funny that they both came out with that article, and then like an hour later, Fleury traded to the Blackhawks. And they also said in the article that it was unlikely that Fleury was going to be traded. So definitely a big miss by them. We're not going to hold it against them. But these are the players that they've had trade talks with varying degrees of interest, according to both of them. The Coyotes, Darcy Kemper and Christian Dvorak. In my opinion, I think Dvorak is a good player. He's probably overpaid, but I also think um, his eye test, I think it's better than what his numbers suggest that he is. I think in a, in a, in a role here, um, he would be a lot better than he has been in Arizona. Kemper, again, a goaltender, makes a lot of sense, but I think the Penguins were going to be outbid for him. I've seen a lot of reports that the price is very high. Don't think Ron Hextall wants to give up a lot of futures for someone who's making $4.5 million for the next year and also someone who's battled a lot of injury problems for the last couple of seasons. I know I said yesterday that he would be on my top list, but that was only if they get him for basically a steal. I don't want to give up a ton of assets for him. With the Ducks, they've had talks talks about Ricard Raquel, so we finally got to see um, some people from Penguins Twitter have been pushing the Ricard talk, Ricard Raquel talk, excuse me, for a long time now. It's good to see that they're having talks about him. Uh, Calgary Flames, Milan Lucic. Let me just say this on the Lucic stuff. If they actually do trade for him, um, I, I don't know what I'll do. But I will say this. I was having this talk earlier today with Jason from Penguins Twitter. Um, if you could convince Calgary to eat half of his salary at $3 million and do a one-for-one one deal with Mike Matheson going the other way, i do it. I mean, that's that's 1.8 um, in cap savings that you're getting. I mean, it, the, the more you can get, the merrier, everyone. The Penguins are always up against the salary cap every year. Getting almost $2 million in cap relief, even by dumping Matheson but getting Lucic in return, that's a win in my book. And you honestly can just stick him on the fourth line. And I'm sure Teddy Bluger and Zach Ashton-Reese can carry him on a nightly basis. Again, though, I don't really want to go after Lucic, but um, that's probably the only trade scenario that would make sense to me and any other one, um, just a hard pass. But again, it makes sense from their perspective, that being Ron Hextall and Brian Burke, because they both have said that they would like to add some sandpaper or some grit this offseason. But, you know, Lucic really can't even play that much anymore. And he also makes way too much money. He's just kind of cooked, I think, at this point. But again, the only way I would trade him is with a scenario that I just told you all. Um, from the Detroit Red Wings, Tyler Bertuzzi. I think that makes a lot of sense. He's always been a pretty productive player with the Red Wings before this season when he only played nine games but had seven points in those nine games. Um, in 2020, played 71 games, 21 goals, 48 points in those 71 games. Season before that, 47 points in 73 games. So he's always been well over half a point per game player. Um, he's also a left wing. Again, the Penguins have a pretty big left wing problem because they just lost Jared McCann and Brandon Tanev, both of which who can play left wing. I think that's going to be a position that they target aggressively in free agency tomorrow. That's why I touched on Brandon Saad on yesterday's episode. Tomas Tatar in a written form for full press hockey. And now again, it makes a lot of sense that Bertuzzi would be another left winger that they would look at. I think that it would be a lot to get him just because he's been very productive with the Red Wings and Steve Eisenman really doesn't lose a lot of trades. You know, that's a GM that I would be cautious about trading with just because of how he can really I guess manipulate other GMs into making bad moves. I would really hope that he wouldn't do that to Ron Hextall, but you never know. Again, 
That makes a ton of sense. And the other one we already talked about was Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, they did have a discussion about Brandon Saad in this article. Um, Rossi and Yoey report that there was anger from some circles in the organization when Rutherford failed to land Brandon Saad in 2016. Again, I really don't know why there will be so much anger because they got Phil Kessel a day later and then he went on to be a folk hero in Pittsburgh and should have probably won a con Smythe in one of those years. Um, their sources have said that Saad and the Penguins are on each other's radar. So it looks like Saad is interested in coming home. For those that did not listen to my episode yesterday, what I would do for my contract with Saad, four years times 4.1 or 4.2 million. Um, anything higher than that, I think you would have to walk. I know Evolving Hockey um, has his projection at four times 4.94 million per. I think that's a bit too rich. If you want to shave that off by about 600 to 700k, I would be persuaded into doing that. So we'll have to see if Pittsburgh is aggressive after Saad tomorrow. But it is good to see that both sides are interested in each other um, with free agency looming in less than 24 hours. Um, this one here, right after the Brain and Saad talk, really caught me off guard. Two sources, uh, neither of them with ties to the Penguins, reported to them that uh, Zach Parise might sign on the cheap with the Penguins when free agency opens. I really don't think that move makes a lot of sense in my opinion. I think Parise is cooked at this point. Sure, he could probably be carried by Ashton Reese and Bluger, and sure, there's probably worse options out there than Parise, but I just don't think he's that effective of a player anymore. And if you basically look at Andy and Rano's site for, you know, with data from Puck IQ and Natural Statric and Corey Schnadzer, I mean, 52nd percentile for offense, 58th percentile for scoring, um, only 1 to 1 percentile for power play efficiency, 11th percentile for shooting, 49 percentile for passing play driving 37th percentile um 31st percentile in transition and overall when you look at even just his counting stats last season seven goals 18 points in 45 games um even if it's a one-year deal for 1 million or 900k or even a little more than a million um that's just a million too much in my opinion i think you could put freddie goudreau down there and he could do a better job than parise i just i would stay clear of that and just let someone like lou Lamorello with the islanders sign parise because i think he's just cooked at this point um, in my opinion, um, there was some stuff on with John Marino to end the article, but with saying that the Penguins are willing to part with Marino for the right price. I'm not going to entertain that that much just because I don't think Hextall and Burke are going to do that. Um, if they were to ever trade Marino, it would have to be for a pretty hefty package. I don't think he should be untouchable. I think if you're getting a, a pretty good player in return that's better than him and that can help the team win now, I think the team should do it. Though, are they really going to get that, especially considering he did not have have that good of a second season I really don't see it uh, at least in my opinion though it was weird apparently it, it, they both reported that there's a growing concern that Marino's family is too involved in his career I don't know where that came from um, for those of you that are going to ask me about that I have not heard anything about that I don't know what that could pertain to I don't know if his mom drives him to practice every morning or you know bakes his lunch for him but um, it's definitely a bit weird to see um, in an article, but I, I have no idea what that pertains to, but I'll try to dig in on that a little bit and try to get some info for you all. But some pretty big stuff in there, everyone. That These next 24 to 48 hours, I think, could be really big uh, for this organization going into next season. Could see a flurry move, could see something for Brandon's side. 
um, could see a different signing. Um, well, we'll have to see. I mean, just again, keep it right here with Locked On Penguins and follow me on both Twitter accounts. Before we do get to our next segment, uh, we also have to touch on, as always, one of my favorite topics, bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and RUFC MMA action. I've just always been looking at the odds to see where Max Scherzer is going to go, Kyle Schwarber, and basically all the Nationals players that are probably are going to be traded except for Trey Turner and Juan Soto. Don't sit on the silence anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's been online, your online sportsbook experts with the promo code Locked On. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Um, there really hasn't been too much other news, I guess, today. We did see Alex Ovechkin sign his contract five years, nine and a half million per. Um, did not think the Caps would go to five years, but then I was reminded by some Capitals fans that I'm really close with that uh, this lines up with Nicholas Backstrom as they both will have five years left on their contract, so they'll just walk off into the sunset together. I'm sure Ovi will go back to Russia after this contract is up, but you know, good to see his loyalty um, to the Capitals organization as this will be it. Um, right after um, his contract expires and Nicholas Backstrom's. Um, otherwise, again, just not really too much. We did see Brendan Dillon be traded from the Capitals to Winnipeg Jets last night. Two second-round picks come back to the Capitals. If, if Brendan freaking Dillon is worth two second-round picks, um, and Marcus Pedersen I think is worth a first. I'm sorry, th- those are the rules. I think Pedersen is a better defenseman in every way, shape, and, and form. Over Dylan, I think he's better defensively, and I think he probably contributes more offensively than Dylan does um, at this point. In terms of what contracts you're likely to see tomorrow, uh, Zach Hyman's probably going to get one of the most overpaid contracts of the day. Probably the most overpaid contract of the day. It's probably going to be seven times five and a half, seven times six. That's going to be absolutely ridiculous from the Edmonton Oilers. I think Casey Sezikis is going to get a contract that someone is going to regret. Um, if Brandon frickin' Tanev gets six years with three and a half million per and so does Barkley Goudreau, um, you're probably going to see Sezikis get six years, four million per just because um, he is basically Tanev, except he's, he contributes more offensively uh, than Tanev. So um, can't wait to see what that deal looks like. As for some others, you know, the Hurricanes continue to take L's or closing in on an agreement with Tony D'Angelo, expecting it to be a one-year deal. Really don't know what the plan is with the Hurricanes. They really are turning into a bunch of jerks right before our very eyes. I just don't understand the logic into giving that guy a, a contract. It's just, again, hockey culture stinks. This guy should be nowhere near an NHL team. I mean, three teams have given up on him already due to him being a complete idiot. I don't know why he's getting a fourth chance um, in the league, that's for sure. I just really don't understand it. I'm sure you're honestly going to see CC get overpaid in free agency. And don't get me wrong, I love what CC did with the Penguins this past season. But any team that gives him four times four, that's just a huge mistake. Especially if you're going to put him on the third pairing. I don't think he can eat up second pairing minutes. I just don't think that's who he is at this stage for his career. Sure, he probably defied the odds a little bit this past season with how good defensively he was and how he even put up some decent numbers offensively. But if you're giving that guy $4 million per in a multi-year deal, even if it's just for three to four years, um, that's just going to be a mistake. You can find... Um, 
good players for the third pairing on a $1 million per deal or $1.5 to $2 million per. I mean, it's just giving CC that much money is going to be stupid. I think Blake Coleman is going to get too much money. That screams like a six times six deal. Um, giving him just $6 million per year is just absolutely ludicrous to me. I, I know he won the last two Cubs with Tampa Bay. I know he was really good on the third line and should be on a top six on most teams, but um, not, I, I think, at a $6 million cap hit. I think that's just too high for him. Whoever's going to sign him to that kind of contract is going to be making a pretty big mistake. Uh, update on Gabriel Landeskog, according to Elliot Friedman, looks like 7 times 7 No, everyone, it does not look like that the Penguins will be in on Landeskog. They do not have the cap room for him, uh, nor have they ever had the cap room for, room for him, excuse me, so that is not going to happen. Um, other than that, I think I'm going to call this an episode for Locked On Penguins. Keep it right here tomorrow. I will post breaking news for Locked On Now videos and hopefully onto my YouTube channel as the stuff comes in. I think you will see the Penguins pretty active tomorrow. Maybe not as active as some other teams, but I would expect one to two moves from Ron Hextall tomorrow, whether it's Tomas Tatar, Brandon Side, maybe Rossi's right with Zach Parisi or a couple other signings or maybe a flurry trade. I expect to see them make a couple moves tomorrow then have Hextall have a press conference after while talking about what those moves mean for the team next season. Hoping for no overpays if they do go into free agency and sign a couple players, but you know we'll have to see. But again, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Keep it right here with Locked On Penguins. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes for all your latest Penguins news, and we will do this again tomorrow on one of the busiest days of the NHL offseason calendar. Can't wait to talk to you all then.